Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's the economy, stupid. I mean, that's what's going to move us when it comes November, when it comes Election Day. That's what's moving us in our daily lives. That's what's moving us in our workplace. It's the economy. Things feel bleak. The Dow right now? Down 592. NASDAQ is down 230. If it keeps like this, it's going to be the fourth straight weekly loss. Now, most people, they take a look at the market being down and they say, great, my 401k. I don't even look at my 401k. If I do, I will cry. I will openly weep. I can only assume things will get better. That I just have to stick with it. But somebody who has a retail business, somebody who's in the trucking business, someone in a whole series of, of industries is concerned. Is very, very concerned. Concerned that now you're hearing the Fed discuss the idea that a half point rate hike is on the table for May. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. How are you guys? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Tell me uh, how you're being affected. How's your business being affected? I want to hear it. I want to know. Jerome Powell, who's the chairman of the Federal Reserve, referring to taming inflation as, quote, absolutely essential, that the Fed is committed to raising rates expeditiously to bring down inflation. I said, if you based it on the quarter point that they did, and you based it on the idea that you were going to see seven rate hikes, you're talking about one and three quarter percent. I'm starting to think I'm low. Nope, nope, not starting to think. I'm thinking I'm low. We have seen the 30-year fixed mortgage rate. That has now crossed 5%. It's at 5.11. Now, you could say to me historically, and I agree with you, that's not even a high. I agree. Last year, it, at this time, last year, this week, 2.97. Come on. That is, that is make your head explode time. Almost double in a year. 2.97 to 5.11. Why not just say it's up uh, two and a quarter? And two and a quarter is, for a lot of people, the difference between buying the house and not buying the house. Or the size of the house. Now, I will tell you anecdotally around Indianapolis, I haven't seen a, a massive price drop. I will tell you that I, based on my anecdotal looking, I think prices have come down a little bit. And every now and then I'm just blown away by the price of a house. And then I take a look at houses in my neighborhood and I see some of the prices. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. But if I sold my house, where would I go? If I sold my house, I'd have no place to go. Oh, I'd have to move in with producer Ari. That's me. That, that, is, that is you. I'm so glad that you know that. And that's not happening. I don't think I could live that way. 
but 5.11. I will agree that there are a lot of things economically that the vast majority of Americans don't pay attention to. And I will tell you that I don't own an expertise in a, in a, in a, in a fair amount of subjects. But there are things that connect us all. I found it very interesting. I go back to Barack Obama, who uh, I have some more on him. I'll get to that later. When he he was trying to get Obamacare to be um, held up by the Supreme Court, and shamefully it, it was, and he wanted to remind the Supreme Court that Congress had passed this, and this was, was uh, duly voted on and signed into law. He's threatening the Supreme Court. That's what happened. And a funny thing happened that very few people reported on. There was this, I, I, I watched it on news reports. Watched these, these different interviews that took place. People noted from across the socioeconomic scale, Rich and poor, white and black, men and women, I would assume gay and straight because I'm just going with the odds. They noticed that, whoa, you don't get to threaten the Supreme Court. What, what is this? I put forth to you that regardless of any differences, regardless of any socioeconomic differences, Americans understand three branches of government and you can't threaten the other branch. No one is above the other. Now, you and I, we can have a serious conversation about whether or not the judiciary is anywhere close to the, nece- to the necessity and the value of, of the legislative, right, in terms, of, in terms of power structure. There's a reason that the judiciary is third in the Constitution. The legislative is first because that's the people in Article One, Section 8 matters so much. But as a concept, and I'm, I'm certainly pleased, as a concept, you can go anywhere across the country and the idea of three branches of government, the idea that no one's above the other, man, uh, people get that. They connect to that. It doesn't matter what people's economic training is. They know that when gas is $4 a gallon, things are tight. And they know when you hear about interest rates at 5% when they were in the twos, they know that they're wasting a whole lot of money. Wasting the money. Now, you can also make the argument that the interest rates were always artificially low. They've been artificially low for over a decade because of the downturn in 08 and 09. These interest rates should have come back up anyway. I used to be in that camp. These interest rates are artificially low. This is nuts. I had argued for a raising of the interest rates a couple of years ago to an, so they could, to an extent, hedge this moment. And the other argument was I don't like uh, artificially reduced rates. The rate is the rate, meaning we, we saw that government was applying this serious pressure. What I've come to is, well, you can argue that to an extent rates are always artificial, and you can argue that when you're talking about a Federal Reserve setting rates, they're setting it based on guesswork. 
that the Federal Reserve, in part of its a charter, if you will, was to it was going to balance out the wild gesticulations of the market. You needed the Federal Reserve in order to calm the waters. So it's been since 1913. Uh, we better off? Are we better off? And the answer is absolutely, positively not. We're not better off because of the Fed. We're not better off because of of any of this. I believe we're far worse off. But people get that when you see these numbers, they have a massive effect on the people's pocketbooks. It's how they determine whether things are good or not good. The market being down 500, people go, damn. But it affects less people than you would think. By the way, the market's now down 593. I mean, I should really be doing a second-by-second TikTok. But the people I'm most worried about are the people on Midwest Main Street, not on Wall Street. Wall Street, will have to figure out its own damn self. The people on Midwest Main Street are still dealing with the supply chain issues, still dealing with uh, the, the inability to hire people. And Lord forbid they should actually want to grow their business now where they're paying such inflated interest rates and dealing with inflationary pressures. Growing a business right now is extremely difficult. This is where we're at. This is a real problem. So when we see Jerome Powell talking about half a point and bringing up the the, the, the Fed rate, well, we're already at 5% on a mortgage rate. What does that then accelerate to? Because no one thinks that one turn of the screw is going to bring down inflation. Oh, they raised the rates a half percent. Everything's fine now. Listen to the words. The central bank is committed to raising rates expeditiously. It's absolutely essential to tame inflation. It's absolutely essential to restore price stability. Well, it's very hard to restore price stability when you don't have enough goods to be able to put on the shelves. But if we're going to hear them talk this way, that means they're going to keep doing this until what? Price stability is restored. Think of what they said. It's absolutely essential to restore price stability. That means interest rate increases until the prices and the stability is restored, which means another 2%, 2.5%, do I hear 3 You're talking about outrageous amounts of money in interest from lenders that takes away purchasing power to a whole bunch of other opportunities and in many cases eliminates the ability for growth or capital expenditure at all. This sucks. I believe that's the I believe that's the Latin term, producer Ari. Uh, don't quote me on there. I believe that's the Latin. German, I believe. Ah, ah, that would well, yes, yes. If it's really awful, it would be said in German. Well played, producer Ari. Well played. Bad things. Bad things ahead financially. We'll keep our eyes 
on it. In in the meantime, China, well, it's also bad things. I'll tell you the story coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. School board meeting, Sarasota, Florida. Citizen speaking at the meeting gets thrown out not for what she says. Oh, no, 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 no. For what she's about to say. My question is, does this apply to school board members? Because at the last meeting, Shirley Brown was caught on the microphone Stop talking about talking balls. about school board Her members. You're, you're done. You're done, Mrs. Bicondi. You're done. Thank you. You're done. You cannot go and, and expound and on school board members. I've told you. I've warned you several times. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're done. Move on. Oh, okay. Goodbye. You were about to say something horrible that Shirley Brown. Please leave. You've said things about me that were untrue. Leave, please. Do you have children in our school district? Do you have children in our Point school? Point of order, that is not appropriate. It is. No way is that appropriate. You don't get to ask people who come to a public meeting whether they have children or not. Period. You're, I mean, way Thank out of line. Thank you lot. very much. She's a piece. Damn, Daniel. That's something. Thrown out of a school board meeting for something that you're about to say. Three cops now surround this woman. And the other voice you heard was another school board member saying, you don't get to ask if somebody has children. This is, keep going to your school board meeting. School board officials are not special. You shouldn't be screaming at anybody. Don't, don't, don't be threatening anybody. I oppose all that stuff. I won't talk nice about you if you do it. Asking questions, saying things about school board members. This person said this or this person said that. You feel free. There's something in the school library you want to share? If it's in the school library, you can share it at the school board meeting. Go ahead. Every time this happens, a leftist loses their reelection. It's like an angel getting their wings. I mean, it's 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 stunning, stunning stuff. I was talking about China and, and, and this fascinating bit of information about the Solomon Islands. Because the Solomon Islands, back in 2019, I didn't take note of this, I should have. They ended their diplomatic relationship with Taiwan and instead created ties with China. This is very often referred to as the switch. And what it does is it isolates Taiwan. And the way that China does this is through cash. A tremendous amount of cash. You want to have a relationship with Taiwan? China doesn't allow tourism to your nation. He doesn't allow investment in your nation. Only when you come to the side of China can you then work with them. You think I'm opposed to this. I am actually not. I think that nations that side with Taiwan should absolutely be getting investment from the United States. We should be aggressive about it. Aggressive about investing in those nations. 
Now, it might be a little bit hard to do. You can't force investment like you can uh, in, in China. But I still, um, I still make the argument that you got to be supportive, supportive of those nations. Solomon Islands were the site of the Guadalcanal campaign. The U.S. Marines winning, uh, winning that was about domination of the Pacific. And now China signing an agreement with the Solomon Islands that would allow it to send law enforcement and security services there upon request. Which means a foot, a further foothold for China in, in their advancement in the Pacific, in their advancement for being able to have military bases. The Solomon Islands off the coast of Papua New Guinea, off the coast of Australia. If you're Australia, you are concerned. Very, very concerned. It's important to note that with everything else going on in the world, we are at war with China. Not because we want to be, but because we are, because China is at war with us. China is at war with us. This is not debate. These are the facts as presented. And if anybody thinks a war can be won without an incredible military, specifically a Navy, they're out of their heads. We shut down shipyards. They all need to be opened back up because in shipyards, you know what you do? Fix ships. And ships need to be fixed. We don't have 300 ships at sea. We need to start thinking about 500 ships at sea. 340 is the minimum. We don't have the 340. We have to be over 400 if we're over one, and we should be considering and working towards 500. We need naval superiority. You can get away, possibly, with a drone army. You could possibly get away with a drone air force, I should say, not a drone army, a drone air force. You need the ships. You need the people who can man those ships. You need those sailors desperately. Remember that come election time. Speaking of election time, what messages are working? What messages aren't? Leland Vittert of News Nation Now is scheduled to be with us. We're going to kind of break that down. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So there's a lot being thrown at us every single day. There's a lot of conversation, whether it be inflation, economics, the China conversation, border conversation, Russia-Ukraine conversation. Then there's this conversation about what people want to call culture wars, which, well, doesn't bother me any. But what's moving America? As we start moving into an election, what is it that moves people? Can a messaging about look at what these terrible Republicans are doing, does that get people motivated? Or is it only taking a look at the gas pump and Republicans saying, I rest my case? Is that the motivation? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 
Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Leland Vittert joins us right now. He is the host of Leland Vittert On Balance. Or is it On Balance with Leland Vittert? Let me look at my cup. It's On Balance with Leland Vittert. That is 7 p.m. Eastern at News Nation, newsnationnow.com. The left, Leland, they keep mm-hmm. talking about strong economy. And they keep pushing Putin price hike. They tell us COVID, that's easing up. At the same time, you have to wear a a mask. That's a lot of mixed messages, and we're starting to hear grumblings that it's causing a problem. Can you survive? Can you make it through to November and think that you can hold on to either the House or the Senate with this? It certainly seems as though the Democrats are really worried about that question, right? And it's why you keep seeing these snaps left and right. It's why you're seeing real divisions now among Democrats about the border in Title 42, probably why you're seeing the White House not appeal the CDC's uh, mask on airplanes situation. Um, And we're lead story tonight is just think if you're a Democrat who or an independent who believed President Biden when he said we are going to follow the science And it is important to wear masks and you have to wear masks to protect others. And my administration will follow the science. And then all of a sudden you learn that when a Trump appointed judge overturns the federal mask mandate, you the Biden administration doesn't ask for an emergency stay. They say they're going to file an appeal, but haven't now four days on. How can you be the party that is for science? If when a Trump-appointed judge gets in the way of science, you do nothing. Is that the reason in Philadelphia you think that less than five days and the mask mandate of the indoor mask mandate they put in place, they have now rescinded? Is it because you think it's because of what happened there? Remember, remember conceivably, okay, in five days, the science hasn't changed. You can argue whatever you want, but the, the science hasn't changed. We can argue whether the science says we're masks or not, but that's a different discussion. The only thing that keeps changing is the politics. And the problem for Democrats and and the sources that I talk to within the Democratic Party, they sound a little bit like the French revolutionary who's trying to figure out where his people's going so he can lead them. And exactly where when you talk to moderate Democrats, they're terrified. We had Henry Cuellar on on the show a couple was this two or three nights ago. He's a Democrat. He's a longtime Democrat, moderate Democrat from Texas. He is like ringing the alarm bells, a five alarm fire saying Title 42 is going to end. The border is going to be flooded. He said on national television, you are going to have pictures of people flooding across the Rio Grande and it is going to kill Democrats come November. And what do Democrat? What is the sort of national Democratic ethos say? Uh, it'll be fine. Uh, Title 42 is bad because Trump did it. And you you talk to Democrats privately, and they view this like a train going down the tracks, and the bridge is out, and that bridge is November. Amy Walter of the Cook Political Report. It, I had never heard the expression before, but I've heard the concept before. It was just so perfect. I think she was on Meet the Press, and she referred to it as wish casting. Democrats wish they say this because they wish it to be true, or they say that because they wish it to be true, but wishing doesn't make things true. And you're talking about Representative Henry Cuellar. Um, 
he has been excoriated by by progressives. There was, of course, this this FBI raid that happened to him. Yes, he has been somebody who has been very, very vocal about the border problem. And we're now hearing that the Biden administration might keep Title 42 because of the cost of dealing with all the influx of illegal immigrants if they don't have it. Talking to Leland Vittert of News Nation Now, NewsNationNow.com, on balance with Leland Vittert. You can uh, catch that every Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. The border is another example of, of one of these mixed message kind of places. And so when you're the Democratic Party and you know you're you're looking down the barrel of big losses, you know there are some things you can easily fix. What is the thing keeping you from fixing it? Is it this progressive wing of the party? Or is it that you're already pot committed, you got to see it through to the end, and you have no other hands to play? Well, those aren't mutually exclusive, right? True enough. I will... I'll give you a, a a third option, right, which is that you're in a situation where, as we used to say in the Middle East, you have two choices, both of which are bitter. And I figured I'd bring out a Middle East reference during Passover. Anyway, um, it's an Arabic saying. And I think that the Biden administration looks at this and it's like, if we if we move to the center, OK, we alienate progressives uh, and Turnout in midterm elections is everything, and there's a lot of races where they need blue progressives to turn out. And if you turn those people off, they won't vote Republican. They'll just stay home. There's no guarantee that whatever you do in your tack to the center will bring moderate voters back to or keep them with Joe Biden because they moved there in 2020 as a, a response to Trump. Most of those moderate voters are motivated by the economy, not necessarily by border policy and some of these other things. And when it comes to the economy, you can't really do anything, practically speaking, between now and November to change how people feel. And I think what you're seeing, and we had the president uh, in Seattle and Portland over the past couple of days, and you talked about it at the top with this road show of the economy's great. It's never been stronger. Look at the job numbers on and on and on. You can tell people a lot of things. But once they feel a certain way, it's like, you know, it's what my it's how to win friends and influence people, right? You, people will forget what you've done to them. They will forgive you for all sorts of transgressions. They will never forget how you made them feel. And if you make Americans feel poorer and economically insecure, as so many Americans do, every American feels poor because of inflation, uh, they will not forget that. And no matter what you tell them, you can't change how they feel. And Austin Goolsby, former Obama economic advisor, uh, was on the show two or three weeks ago. He said, there's nothing they can do. You can, you can give every oil drilling permit you want over the next six months. You can launch the Keystone XL pipeline. You can tell every domestic oil producer to drill, baby, drill, and they can change anything economically uh, before November. By the way, we talked about um... – Masks, and it just came out that Milwaukee, producer Ari, your beloved Wisconsin, Milwaukee public schools are now going to mandate masks for students and teachers indefinitely. So they, even with everything that we're seeing, they're going down this road. And again, I would agree, Leland, that, and I, I spoke about this earlier, it's a political decision. But now let's take a look at the politics from the other side. 
the politics from the other side is, is the Republican Party smart enough to capitalize? And you know that I oft refer to the Republican Party as the party of stupid. These are people who can absolutely uh, snatch uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. They, they're, they're very, very skilled people. As you're seeing it. James, James Baker had a, had a line, which I will modify uh, because there are FCC regulations to this program, uh, but they could mess up a two-car funeral. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no doubtedly true. Can Republicans capitalize or is there something effective about the political left's messaging about, oh, you're just like Trump. Oh, you're connected to Trump. Look how we tie you in to Trump. We see what's happening with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene today, challenging her ability to be on the ballot because she caused an insurrection. I certainly don't see it as an insurrection at all or in any way. Is that anti-Trump messaging still working or do you think people have grown tired of it? You can ask Terry McAuliffe that question because he's pretty available these days. He ran for governor in Virginia and thought he was not even going to have to run but just walk into the governor's mansion. Uh, And Glenn Youngkin had something to say about that. Glenn Youngkin was one of the most disciplined candidates uh, I've ever met or interviewed, and that's a long list. The flip side, I think, to what you point out rightly is are Republicans able to get out of their own way – and who knows? You know, we, we are waiting for President Trump's big interview with Pierce Morgan and some of some of his thoughts. He's never been one to known to get out of his own way. You and I have talked about that um, for a long time. Uh, when you talk, brought up Milwaukee in schools, ask Glenn Youngkin. There, there is a path. Um, and if there's a path for Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, a plus 10 Democratic state uh, to become governor, there's a path for Republicans all over the country. But there's not a path. When you keep talking about the 2020 election, we know from Georgia that doesn't work. Just watch what's happening right now there. Um, so I think I think you've got to as Republicans have got to understand and read the room. And if they do, they'll be successful. If they don't, they won't. That's that's politics, especially when you're the party out of power. But that's an argument that they can retell politics their way out of the thing. And the national cover story of Trump, 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 Trump won't be able to penetrate if they just get with people on a very, very personal level and go over those kitchen table bread and butter kind of issues. MAGA without the crazy cells. okay, and, you know, the media, the media could not wait to try and help Terry McAuliffe in Virginia connect Trump to Yunkin, but people didn't buy it because Yunkin didn't talk about it. He refused to talk about the 2020 election. He refused to go down that path. But there's a large portion of the Republican Party that doesn't even need to be goaded to go down that path. They just do it on their own. Well, there you go. Um, and you, we, could, we all know that Mar- the lawsuit about Marjorie Taylor Greene isn't about Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's about trying to disqualify Trump in 2024. But when when as a when as a Republican, you you fall into that narrative, it makes it really easy for the Democrats or for your opponent and for their friends in the media to to hang that around your neck and use that as as the as the anchor uh, to drag you down. I remember interviewing Glenn Youngkin. Uh, You couldn't get him to say the word Trump. Um. If his life depended on it, he was the most disciplined candidate in the world. That's not the case with a large number of Republicans. 
Um, rule number one, when the uh, opposing party is self-destructing, get out of the way. And there's so many Republicans right now who just can't wait to jump in the way with either the 2020 election or culture war issues that are MAGA with the crazy rather than MAGA without the crazy. Uh, you and I may have some some disagreements or really maybe defining what those culture war issues are, but let's bring up one of them, Ron DeSantis on Disney, something you and I have actually discussed uh, on air before. This, yep. you, you think this is a winner for Ron DeSantis? You know, it's really interesting, and I don't know the answer to it. I what's, What was most fascinating to me, Brian Enton, our reporter down in Florida, a rising star in television news, made a great point. Disney didn't say boo about this law that DeSantis and the Florida legislature passed in order to take away Disney's tax debts. If it happens, it'll cost Disney billions of dollars. Why didn't they say boo? Because it doesn't take effect for a year if it even takes effect. So is this a winning strategy to motivate Democrat Republicans uh, for the – you know, midterm elections. Yeah, Republicans vote on on these issues. It, but again, Democrats don't want to capitalize on it and are scared of the left. I had uh, a woman who is the only Democrat statewide elect, uh, office holder in Florida on the air three nights ago. Fascinating woman, Florida Agriculture Commission. Uh, she is pro-gun, pro-pot, and suing Biden over not issuing concealed carry permits, okay? She's the most centrist Democrat on those issues you can imagine. I asked her about the Ron DeSantis issue. I said, can't we agree that most parents don't want their first graders taught about different pronouns? Basic thing. Like, that, that, that probably is not a conversation that first grade teachers need to have. She couldn't say it. There you go. Really? I, no, couldn't say it. So that's now become the the leftist litmus test. That's as just a matter of sheer politics, man. Never mind my own. That's a crappy litmus test. It, it was stunning to me. I thought, like, can't look, look. Say what you, you want to have different bathrooms in high schools. You want to have talk about what happens in college sports. None of that. I just want to know: Can we all agree that teaching first graders that there are that you can have different pronouns might be a little too early? Couldn't say it. Couldn't say it. Uh, so you got the show uh, tonight. Not only do you catch them at 7 p.m. there on News Nation, you catch them at 11 p.m. I'm joining you tonight at, at 11 p.m. What do you got for the 7 o'clock show on balance with Leland Vitter? We're, t- we're talking to – look, there's a lot – it's pretty interesting about our show. Uh, we just got some research back. Uh, 43.7% of the people who watch us identify as Republicans. 43.6% of the people who watch us identify as Democrats. The rest are independent. So cuts both ways. We're, ta- we're, we're talking about the Democrats um, who counted on President Biden to follow the science. By the way, 59 percent of Americans say they want to wear masks on planes. Where's the president following through on his promise to follow the science when it comes to masks? Is it because following the science when it comes to masks screws them up on Title 42 uh, on the border? And is that is that what's playing into that? Uh, we've got John Bolton here. Are you following the French election? You're a you're an international guy. I I will get into Le Pen uh, next week. So you're following that. You got Bolton. You're working on this polling, which, by the way, I have I have real issues with. But we'll talk about yeah, it another it, time. It, 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 uh, yeah, it, it's crazy, right? Because 
all you have to do is look at all the videos and pictures of people's on airplanes. Yeah. Okay, 59% of them are not wearing masks. The, the anecdotal doesn't play. Leland Vittert is his name. Catch him tonight, 7 p.m. On Balance with Leland Vittert on News Nation, newsnationnow.com. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.